Keeping It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life. I'm Janine Strong, sharing with you inspiring conversations with ordinary folks leading extraordinary lives. And I think you will enjoy today's conversation with Hollister Rand, whose recently released book, Everything You Wanted to Know About the Afterlife But Were Afraid to Ask, provides insights and answers to many questions surrounding life after death. Hollister Rand is a medium who has provided detailed messages from the spirit world for more than 25 years. Her book tackles a wide spectrum of concepts with candor and wit. We always like that. Busting myths and shedding light on a somewhat taboo topic. Beginning with, is there really an afterlife? And continuing down the road with, does romantic love exist in the afterlife? Something I'd like to know. Hollister's Guide to the Afterlife addresses the concerns of the living with the no-nonsense wisdom of the spirits. This should be a lot of fun. Hi, Hollister. How are you? Oh, I'm doing very well. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast today. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, It's been so much fun for me because uh, recently in the last six months, publishers have started contacting me with their authors and asking if I want to have them on the podcast. And it's been really fun to have lots of different people that I I may not in other ways have been able to connect with. So this is this is a lot of fun for me. Well, this is delightful. And I'm glad to have the opportunity to tell your listeners about uh, the new book, Everything You Wanted to Know About the Afterlife, But We're Afraid to Ask. And, you know, I'm so thrilled because it has been number one on Amazon's new releases for uh, metaphysical and occult and channeling. And, you know, it's so exciting that here in the middle of a very difficult time, this book can be an answer to that, Mm -hmm. um, to the situation we find ourselves in. Yes, it is very pertinent to uh, what we're dealing with right now. That's for sure. Well, let's start with you as uh, a child. I'm wondering, did you exhibit, sorry, exhibit, my mouth wasn't working too well there. Did you exhibit psychic abilities as a child or when did you, when did you come to realize that you had these abilities? Well, as a kid, um, I thought I was like everybody else or everybody <laughs> else was like me. Um, cause as a kid, you don't want to be different, right? right? You just yes. kind of want to fit into your family or, you know, when you go to school and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, unfortunately or fortunately now, <laughs> but back then I had spirits, uh, showing up in my bedroom at night. Ah. Um, and some spirits I recognized like my grandfather and other spirits I did not. There were those in the hallway coming up to my room. Um, So I really didn't have a place to understand what was going on with me because Mm -hmm. I I soon realized, hey, wait a minute, not everybody is experiencing this like I am. So all of a sudden I realized as a kid, "Uh uh-oh, I'm different. This is not such a good idea. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I'm curious, with with what you know now about this topic, um, do you have any any sense of why this was happening to you, why you were open to this, or why they were the spirits were drawn to you? 
Um, first of all, I do think that all children are sensitive mm-hmm. to spirits. And I've discovered that, uh, you know, over the last 25 years I've been doing this, meeting more and more parents who consider themselves spiritual and do not try to explain away the sensitivity of their children or, you know, instill fear in their children, but rather want to support their children's sensitivity. So Mm -hmm. I find it's very helpful to have these uh, parents in my workshops so that they can learn to understand how to manage uh, these energies and the spirits in their kids' lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've been finding, I think uh, it's much more common now than it was when I was a kid to, to, to support any kind of opening of psychic abilities or, or intuition. Yes, thankfully. <laughs> I am so relieved. It's been exciting to see this in my life mm-hmm. um, and to watch the difference between what I went through and, uh, and the support that comes forward for kids now. Um, so, yeah, this is a very exciting time, and I'm glad to be part of it. Mm-hmm. Now, what, is there anyone else in your family who, that you know of that ever exhibited psychic abilities? Well, in my book, um, I do answer the question, does psychic ability and mediumship run in families? Mm -hmm. And uh, in my experience, it seems that if there is one psychic or medium in a family, there's bound to be more than one. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember when I was a kid, um, you know, I'd come home after school. My mother might be delayed. She was a teacher and might be working in a different school district. And she would call to make sure I was home and everything was fine. And I remember one day I picked up the phone. Hi, mom. How are you? She goes, get your hand off my Malamars. <laughs> now, Malamars were her favorite cookies and, and her cookies were in a pear shaped cookie jar in our kitchen. And as the phone rang, I literally had my hand in that cookie jar. Oh, that's so, so funny. You know, my mother used to say as a teacher, I have eyes in the back of my head. And now I come to realize, holy cow, was my mother psychic. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt that that she really was keyed in. Plus, she was also a musician. Mm. And I have discovered that creativity, music, art, um, acting, all of these things also foster a natural connection with the spirits. The spirits will use our imagination to communicate. So therefore, people who are creative, uh, whether in music or art or dance or whatever, um, will automatically have a connection with spirit. Okay, now I'd like to uh, like to follow that up a little bit. So how do you mean that they use our imagination? Well, one of the questions that I answer in the book, there are 60, I think 64 questions that I answer. And one of the questions is, is it spirit or my imagination? Mm -hmm. People will ask me all the time, is this, is spirit, you know, contacting me or am I making this up? And one of the reasons that there is confusion around this is the spirits will use the function of our imagination. In other words, the ability to see things on the screen of our minds or the ability to be drawn to things or to uh, appreciate music and all of those things to let themselves be known. So we may really think that we're making it up, but what I've come to learn over time is the spirits use the function of our creativity, our imagination to let themselves be known to us. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And it's my understanding that that they can't interfere in our lives, that that we have to invite them. Is that is that what you found also or Well, what I would say, and I also answer this in the book, so I I just want your listeners to know that I'm sort of giving you the cliff notes, the really shortened (laughs) version of these answers, you know, otherwise we would, I read the book also. So there's an audio version of the book. So I have read it. So I know how in-depth the answers are. Um, Whoops. I'm sorry. My little dog just jumped up on my lap. That's okay. What kind of, what kind of a (laughs) dog may I ask? don't have video because I know your audience would just love my, I have three little dogs and uh, they're all under uh, five pounds. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I have a troop of chihuahuas anyway. um, So now I have forgotten the question. So if you could go back and ask me again, what it was, that would be great. Okay. Let's hold on. I I don't want to have my, I always seem to have a senior moment on every podcast conversation these days. Um, So, oh, let's see. So you said the book was audible. You, you're done out loud. And we were, you were saying that these are the cliff notes Yeah, so these are the in-depth answers. Um, So asking whether people, um, whether creativity and all of that, I think we've covered that. Oh, I know what it was. I was asking about uh, being able to interfere. Oh, yes. So the answer to this question is, is the short form is the spirits can intervene, but they can't interfere with our Mm -hmm. free will. So there's intervention, but not interference. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really important point. Um, We have free will to run our lives. And ultimately, we are personally responsible for how we manifest our lives on this earth plane. Mm -hmm. Um, But our loved ones in spirit and our guides and angels can help draw us to something that could be very helpful can move people into our lives, uh, that can shift and change our lives. But we do also have to be willing to accept these things. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Do you feel, I, I, I know I have a team and they are since in the last, oh, I don't, I don't know how many years, but when I've really, since I've really been connecting with them and asking them for help, they are just so on it all the time. And they're always helping me to find things. Does everybody have a, like a team that can is there that if you just ask them, they're dying to help? We, we, well, they're, they're actually living to help is right. what they are. <laughs> um, and the, the truth is we all have an entourage. Mm-hmm. All of us what I thought. have a spirit okay. entourage. We all have helpers and those helpers. what's interesting is during a session, I may have four or five spirits show up and they will each, uh, let the listener know who, who they are and what they're doing in their lives. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's an unlikely, um, Uh, an unlikely helper. So I'm remembering a father who died of alcoholism, who actually in spirit told his daughter that he was inspiring people in a church to raise money for her son to go to a rehab because he was having trouble with drugs. So it's really interesting Mm -hmm. how much help 
there is. And so just know we are all helped. We are all guided. And some spirits are with us for a lifetime. Some come to help uh, just for a short period of time, Mm -hmm. um, given, you know, something that we choose to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I would say is what's most important right now to know is that as people are in hospitals and there's this idea of people dying alone, Mm -hmm. nobody dies alone. Mm. That is just not on the spirit's watch, they don't. No one dies alone. So as people are passing, their loved ones in spirit, their angels, their guides, their entourage is there, come on, let's go together. And so no one passes alone. It's very hard for us, you know, not to be there. Right. But I just want you to know, we have a complete group. I have seen people who are musicians. One one woman, uh, a musician, was doing Woody Guthrie songs. Well, Woody Guthrie showed up in her uh, <laughs> reading uh, because she was just about to step out and do a concert. Well, I just want you to know that everybody who's researching uh, a vaccine, um, I was doing a reading and for some reason Jonas Salk showed up and this was, <laughs> I think it was in January or February and I thought, why is he here? Interesting. Well, here we are. We're in search of a vaccine now. So I just want you to know that the spirits are on it. They are guiding um, the healthcare professionals. They are guiding the researchers. They are inspiring those um, who have the capability to help, to put things together in a way that they might not have normally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a really important point because I know I know quite a few people who are who have been just so upset because they their a loved one has passed and they weren't able to be there with them and and their fear is that they they died alone and that no one should have to die alone. So I'm I'm really glad you brought that up. Well, no one should die alone and no one does die alone. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, uh, you know, if I can, if I can get that message out, that's really important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think so. I think so. And, you know, we do all have, I call it a team, like my, I call mine team (laughs) Janine. But you, you do have to, you know, they want to help. They want to be there for you, but you also have to listen and you have to act on it. Well, in my book, in my book, I have some exercises that people can do Mm -hmm. to uh, get on board with their team because your team is on board with you. Mm -hmm. Your entourage is already there. However, it's important for us to become more sensitive. And people will say to me, Hollister, do the spirits ever complain? Do they ever get annoyed at us here on the earth plane? Well, the spirits are tremendously patient. After all, they have eternity. So they're not in a rush. They're willing to wait for us to be ready. But if there is a complaint from the spirit, from the spirit world, it is simply that we are not willing to stop long enough to listen. Well, I find that right now, so many people have been forced to stop regular (laughs) routines. Mm -hmm. And so right here in the midst of shutdowns and 
uh, pauses and whatever you want to call it, there is the opportunity to begin to develop that time with the spirits. And in my last newsletter, um, I send out a free email newsletter every month. I talk about how to set up a regular visit with the spirits. And I just give people, you know, some pointers with that um, and how I did it in my own life. So I do, you know, I have the free email newsletter. I have courses and classes online for people that are very reasonably priced. Um, some might actually say they're cheap. Um, <laughs> and this, this because I want to make these things available right. to people. Right. Um, so yes, this is now the time for us to listen to the spirits. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would agree. So when did you, um, so you've had psychic abilities since you were a child, um, but when did you become a medium? When did you start exploring that? Well, uh, it wasn't kind of a happy thing really for me. I did my best to shut it down. Mm-hmm. I did my best to live a normal life. I became <laughs> a, a, a musician. I was accepted to college, uh, an English drama music major. So I was looking to move forward in writing. I always wanted to be a writer and a performer, a musician and a composer. So that was what I saw my life path as being. But on the way to college, I was in a severe car accident mm. um, where I had a severe head injury in addition to lots of broken bones, including, you know, my back and, you know, all sorts of uh, serious injuries. Mm -hmm. Um, Needless to say, that set me back in some ways. But in other ways, what it did was that conk on the head opened me to the spirit world in a way that I really wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. And so it was a bit of a flood after, you know, a couple of years following uh, this accident. And I came to terms with it through really exploring God, spirituality, uh, religion. I tried to find a framework that would work. And eventually I moved out to California um, and ran into other psychics and mediums. And thankfully, I found my tribe. And mm-hmm. I was so relieved. I thought, oh, people who are like me, <laughs> I'm not like a weirdo on the You're, block yeah, anymore. Right. I mean, You're it not was weird. such, mm-hmm. oh my God, it was such a relief. And I just want you to know, people who come to my classes, we leave words like weirdo, oddball, <laughs> strange at the door. Like, we're not allowed to use those words. Usually people have a jar where they have to put 25 cents in if they swear. <laughs> in my workshops, there's a jar of people say, you know, I, this is weird. Or I'm like, oh, okay, you got to <laughs> put a quarter in the jar. Because we, we, when we find our tribe, we can let go of some of these pejorative words mm-hmm. that we've used to describe ourselves. Yes, yes. And really, what is normal? It's so relative. <laughs> Well, actually, I wrote about that in in my last newsletter. I said, you know, um, because everybody talks about the new normal, Mm, you know, mm -hmm. we're going back to I want to go back to normal or, you know, what is our new normal going to be? And in my newsletter, I was saying, well, you know, I am really the wrong person to ask about (laughs) normal um, in that I've been seeing spirits all of my life. But what do the spirits say about a new normal? Well, number one, spirits know how to love us 
without physical bodies. Mm-hmm. So this is the good news. They know how to communicate without being, um, without touching our arms or giving us a hug. They know how to communicate that way. So I've been teaching people how to give spirit hugs, you know, how to send out love, how to communicate the spirits love technology. So I've moved my work online. So we use Zoom and, you know, I do large events, small events, privates on Zoom. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the spirits were ready for this. Mm-hmm. This is this is not a surprise. And, you know, when I was doing the audio version of the book, I got to the question, what is the difference between guides and angels? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I read the line, I'm seeing angels these days with stunning frequency. And this could be because of a threat to life on our planet. Mm. Now that book, you know, I wrote this book, as you know, Janine, you know, there's plenty of time between writing a book, getting it edited, (laughs) bringing it to a publisher, you know, all of that. So I think I could have written those words uh, 18 months to two years ago, even. Mm -hmm. And when I got there, as I was reading the book, I got so choked up. And that I couldn't go on. And I said to the producer, I said, you know what, let's pick this up tomorrow. I just need a break. So when I picked it up the next day, I continued. Uh, I, I read that phrase again. And then I continued with the rest of the paragraph, which talks about how the spirits are here to help us with our transformation. That this is now the, the greatest challenges facing us are the greatest opportunities to transform humankind, to become our best and greatest selves with the Spirit's help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I know for years, I and many people have often said, you know, in order to really turn things around on this planet, it's going to take a major crisis. It's It's just not going to gradually evolve to get better. Well, isn't that the always the case with history? Um, mm. When you you know human humankind, this is this planet is not easy to live on. That's and for I've sure. Heard this, I've heard this a lot from people who have passed with suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about suicide in my book as well. What happens to people who pass with suicide? Um, because that is another very very popular question. You see, all the questions in this book, everything you wanted to know about the afterlife, but we're afraid to ask are questions that are asked of me regularly, Mm -hmm. not like once in a while. These are questions that have been asked repeatedly at events or via email or anywhere that I'm in public. And what I found, uh, what I found over the years is that the most interesting questions were questions people asked me after the event was over. They didn't want to ask it Mm, in front of mm -hmm. a group. (laughs) That's why you put in, but we're afraid to ask. That's right. (laughs) And so what I started to do was ask people to write their questions down and put them in a basket. Mm. And I, because, you know, I wanted everyone to have the benefit of everybody's questions. Sure. And then, you know, the book sort of grew out of that. Mm -hmm. I also realized that many questions were asked because of a personal concern or fear. Mm -hmm. And the suicide question is one of those. So anyone who came up to me afterwards and said, what happens to someone who passes with suicide? I know that 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 person had someone who died 
mm-hmm. via suicide mm-hmm. or, you know, or knew someone who mm-hmm. did. Um, because that question is always tinged with concern. Mm -hmm. Will I be separated from the one I love always? Will that person be able to communicate through a medium? Does God frown or separate out people who have passed with suicide? So in my book, I answer all of the variables of that question. Mm -hmm. And the reason the question also resonates with me is that my beautiful cousin Tommy killed himself on Thanksgiving Eve one year mm. in a in a public way on a public street mm. and it was very painful for our family mm-hmm. as i think you can imagine so so i have a heart for those who make that choice mm-hmm. knowing that Tommy was you know the sweetest guy alive and so I knew that this was never a, you know, I want to punish everybody. It was often born out of tremendous pain. Right. So, right. you know, in the book, I answer that. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious when you do now, would you say you're doing a reading for someone when you are functioning as a medium or? Well, yeah, I, you know, people call it all sorts of stuff. So I just say a a private session providing messages from spirits. I tend to shy away from the idea of reading because uh, many people think of readings as a psychic, a purely psychic exercise. Mm. And in my book, I also define the difference between a psychic, a medium and a channeler. Mm-hmm. What their abilities are, what their purpose are, you know, what their purposes are mm-hmm. and how they can serve people who go to see them. Cause there's a lot of confusion about that. Right. And so a psychic reading the energy around people, places, and things on the earth plane is different from a medium who is receiving information from a specific loved one in spirit. Um, now a medium may also use some, you know, uh, psychic, uh, intuition as they look at the person, they may see some things in their energy field that the spirits will comment on. And okay. I have found that in my own work as well. Mm-hmm. Now, is it always a loved one that's coming through? Well, almost always in my work, because mm-hmm. that's where I've dedicated myself. Okay. For, for me, mediumship is based on uh, the idea that the information can be validated in some way. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like to have a very specific person. Okay, this is a mother, a father, the name is such and such, these were their hobbies, you know, that kind of thing. Because what I've discovered is that people are often willing to listen to loved ones in spirit mm-hmm. more than they are willing to listen to to a guide they've never met or an angel they're not even sure they believe in. Mm -hmm. So people who ask specifically to meet with their guides, um, we've had some really rollicking, wonderful times with guides, Mm -hmm. but often people will ask specifically for guides. Even if they don't say it to me, I will see loved ones and I'll say, huh, you think you have a new guide or you're expecting guidance because I'm seeing guides show up with you. Or I may say to someone, wow, you have a love of angels. I'm seeing angels with you. Or 
holy cow, you're in pet rescue because look at all the dogs and cats that are with you. You know, so the spirits will indicate, you know, who's there. But I will often see uh, loved ones in spirit speaking, you know, to the people who come to, to see me. But I will also see guides giving information to loved ones who will then give it to their loved ones. So it's, it's a little bit like, let's give them the higher information but give it through someone that people recognize. Because uh-huh. you know what? We we really are willing to hear from people we know and trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. So do you have to do anything specific? Like, do you have a way that you have to set yourself up in order to do this or to communicate? Well, I always prepare. Fortunately, over time, you know, when you do something... Uh, for 25 years or so, there are certain actions that you take that the spirits go, oh, okay, she's ready now. Everybody ready? You know, it's like, get the set ready. Everybody Mm -hmm. ready? Mm -hmm. You know, go. So yes, I sit quietly. I meditate. I pray. I prepare myself and I set the frequency at love Mm -hmm. um, so that only the highest level information and that no negativity or negative spirits are allowed in the space. So I set up the protection as well. And I do that every single time Mm -hmm. that I that I am about to do a session. And I do offer a blessing with the person who's getting the messages as well so that they are in agreement, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found online, it's really intriguing because now all of a sudden I'm doing large events where people aren't walking into the space that I have set the energy in. Because what I would do um, before a large event or a workshop is set the energy in the space in which I'm working, the ballroom, mm-hmm. the conference room, mm-hmm. or you know whatever that space is. And so people coming from the outside would be walking into that space. Well, the first few large events online, I realized, huh, everybody's sitting in their own space, in their own stuff. And sometimes I don't mean like their chairs and their throws right. mm-hmm. and their pajamas, you know. I'm talking about their psychic stuff or the pain that they're carrying. Mm -hmm. And so it could be difficult for them to raise their frequency to connect at the frequency of love. So now I help everybody set that frequency wherever they are. Mm -hmm. And I bring us to a place collectively where we can be in that space of protection and love. And it's amazing how the spirits have allowed that to happen. I Mm -hmm. mean, how they have stepped up to doing all this online stuff is just amazing. <laughs> I love it. You know, I, I've i always been excited at about spirit communication. You might think, you know, after 25 years, you've seen it all, you've heard it all. Does it ever get boring? Good heavens, no. <laughs> you know, I am as excited today as I was years ago, you know, 30 years ago or so, when I started getting connected with other mediums and other healers, I'm I'm even more excited because the need now is so great Mm -hmm. that I am so glad I can be available to be of service. I hear you. Interesting. Now, did you ever have any issues with negative entities coming through? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's one of the reasons why I work at the frequency of love. Mm -hmm. I've chosen that. There was a time when I was doing ghost busting mm -hmm. and kind of where I thought, you know, a spirit is a spirit is a spirit, like a rose is a rose is a rose. Not so. Just as there are many varieties of roses and there are roses with lots of thorns and roses without thorns. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, there are spirits of every stripe, just as there are people of every kind on this earth plane. And as one young man in spirit told me, dying doesn't make you nice. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> so I found myself going out on calls with, you know, uh, with other mediums and, you know, dealing with situations that were, you know, with, with spirits who didn't want to leave a place or, you know, just were of the nasty, you know, they had an ax to grind kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I realized after time that I did not want to work this way, mm -hmm. that I really had a heart for healing, for higher vibrational, for shifting energy on the earth planet, you know, on the planet earth. Mm -hmm. um, and, and being part of that movement um, so that's what I chose to do, to do. And I talk about the differences between ghosts and spirits in the book as well. Mm -hmm. Well, also, I think when you're dealing with, um, cause I've had close people who used to do that kind of thing too, and they would always be so drained and exhausted afterwards. And it's just, I mean, from my perspective, it's not very good for your health. I have known some Ghostbusters who have, even with protection, you know, have uh, suffered some challenges, mm -hmm. uh, physical challenges due to this. So I'm glad I got out of it. And I commend those people who work very hard to bring conflicted spirits to the light. Mm -hmm. You know, these mediums who work in rescue, God bless them. Um, and, and, and they do work that I have chosen not to do. Mm -hmm. So when you when you do have a session or a class, how do you feel afterwards? Do you feel tired or drained at all, or or do you feel energized? Well, it's a bit of both. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the spirits are first of all the high level frequencies are are very high. It's almost like a mini earthquake to your body, and our bodies aren't meant to uh, vibrate at that frequency for mm -hmm. very long. Okay. So I limit how much I work and I limit how many events I do. Energy management is very important if you are a working medium. Mm -hmm. You know, it used to be that mediums would go into work in their 40s or 50s or even 60s um, after they'd had a career in something else. Mm -hmm. And now what's happening is people are starting younger and younger and younger. So in my workshops, I help people learn how to manage their energy and be connected with the spirits so that they don't completely exhaust themselves. So I may feel energized. And one of the things that was really challenging for me, because I travel a lot with this work, is travel you know, has become very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. Right now, of course, nobody's traveling. But I mean, I would travel two to three weeks out of a month and so just the travel part was exhausting. And then, you know, I'd arrive and have to 
woo, you know, set the frequency uh, mm. and then move into the work. So uh, I found that I developed very specific practices to deal with all of that. Yes, I can imagine that, especially, I mean, just traveling for me and time zones and it takes, I, I don't adjust very well. It takes time for me to uh, to acclimate. And I can only imagine if, you know, the next day you've got to teach a class and be on it and or give a, a, a speech, a presentation, you know, and, and really be present and be on it, it would be a challenge. Well, I remember once I, I arrived and my luggage did not, and mm. I had an event that night. So I, I went over to a store, bought some clothes and makeup, and, uh, and stood up that night to do the event, not realizing that the size of the clothes were on like a... Uh, a little sticky thing that ran down the front of the shirt and the pants. And I did the entire event with my size displayed for everyone. Oh, but you dear. know, you just, at, at some point, you really just let go of your ego when you do this work mm -hmm. um, and just get out of your own way and go with it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, there's not much you can do, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know what? People are really there to hear from their loved ones in spirit. You know, they're they're really not there to see you as the medium, and that's the truth. Now, what about if somebody passes uh, from like an, an injury or they're in pain? How does that does that transfer into the afterlife or? Or well, is that it is also that is also one of the questions that I answer in the book at length. Mm -hmm. Um, the good news is that we do not continue to suffer in the spirit world, in the afterlife, without a physical body, the way we do suffer here in the physical body. Mm -hmm. And this is really important for a couple of reasons. Uh, the spirits will often speak to me to give a message which reframes their death. So mm -hmm. do you have an example? Yes. Uh, there was a young man who <clears throat> who had an accident with fireworks and oh. caught on fire. Mm. And his parents saw him running across a field on fire. Mm. And that's how he died. And so they kept telling themselves how much pain he was in. What a tragedy. How horrific. I mean, what a traumatic thing to have happened. Mm -hmm. Well, when I spoke with this young man, he let me know he was already out of his body at that time, mm. that he was watching himself. He did not feel the pain and nor did he carry that pain with him into the afterlife. Mm -hmm. So any pain, any disability, any limitation that we have here on the earth plane does not travel with us to the afterlife. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember a, uh, and this is in my first book, I'm not dead. I'm different. Kids in spirit teach us about living a better life on earth. Mm -hmm. There was a mother who came to an event and her daughter in spirit who died relatively young, uh, was giving me all of these scientific things. And I mean, it was a real, I was like, why, what is it talking about scientific books and, you know, all of this stuff. I thought, what on earth? Well, after the, the message was finished, the mother stood up and said, I always knew she understood. <laughs> and what I came to find out was this woman who was brilliant and had, I think, at least two PhDs, if not three. Mm 
mm-hmm. gave birth to a daughter who had limited intelligence. Okay. And yet she read her daughter all of these technical books, mm-hmm. all of these scientific books, as though she understood mm-hmm. because she believed that she did. And when this daughter passed, she was giving us everything that her mother had taught her to let her mother know, mom, you were right. I was whole. I did understand, even though I had a physical challenge Mm -hmm. that in my spirit, I was whole. Interesting. Interesting. I have just a sense that that is what you just said is going to help some parents who have children who are, are different. My first book was really written for everybody because it talks about the different ways people can pass suicide, accidental, you know, all, and it sort of runs through all of the possible ways uh, we can pass. Cause I wanted the book to relate to everybody. Mm-hmm. And now with this book, everything you wanted to know about the afterlife, but we're afraid to ask it really does have something for everybody. It has depth if you are familiar with the subject, but it also allows people to start with any question that piques their interest and then travel from that question to the next question, which addresses things within that answer. So you can read it from beginning to end, or you can also use it like an internet search, like, uh, oh, okay, I'm interested in, is there really an afterlife? Or I'm interested in guides and angels. And then you can be guided to another question in a different chapter. So you can literally jump around in the book as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. It sounds like you, you like the format of questions. <laughs> well, isn't that how we learn? It's true. You know, true. I mean, I really do. First of all, I am so curious. I'm curious myself. And so no matter who I'm out to dinner with, no matter where I am, I like, I prefer not to tell people what I do so that I can ask them questions Mm -hmm. about themselves Mm because I am so interested in people and, and I'm interested in life and what people think. So of course I'm going to be a medium, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm (laughs) very interested in what the spirits have to say. I'm intensely curious. Mm -hmm. And so this book is also a natural growth outgrowth of my own curiosity. Mm -hmm. Now, Hollister, you just said uh, you mentioned going out to dinner with somebody. So a question came to my mind. If, if you're with someone just casually, uh, and you get a me- do you ever get messages from spirits for them? Uh, not anymore, mm-hmm. um, because I'm clap on, clap off. Okay. Could you imagine living your life, you know, running around the world, giving people messages who don't even know who you are <laughs> and may not even be open to it? Right. You know, uh, that's just, you know, this work is a work of mutual respect. It just doesn't happen that way. And as I said, I prepare myself for communication at the frequency of divine love. That takes preparation. And I also am not willing to open myself up in a way in the middle of a crowded room Mm -hmm. of, you know, strangers because all of their spirits are with them as well. Remember, everybody has an entourage. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but now that being said, do I think that conversation is influenced by spirit. Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way with everybody. 
I think that there's a constant back and forth if we're open to it. You know, I, I had a friend of mine say to me on the other, uh, the other day on the phone, he goes, you know, I can tell when you're talking to me as Holly, and I can tell when you're talking to me as Hollister Rand. <laughs> so, you know, he said, there's, a, there's just a shift in your voice. And I realized that in my daily life, even when I'm talking with people, I shift into listening mode or uh -huh. receptive mode right. so that our conversation can be elevated. So it's not, oh yeah, I have your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your dog, you know, your guide, your angel, but where I am willing to have conversation, which is hopeful and helpful with my dear friends. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And and I think we can all aspire to that. I don't think that, that that's just something for me. I think that we can all, if we, if we dedicate ourselves to be helpful, to be supportive, to be loving and to be kind, I think that all communication can be highly influenced by the, the highest and best spirits in the universe. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Now you mentioned um, dog. Do you communicate with animals? Oh, yes, I do. And I do love it. Um, you know, I originally really wanted to be uh, an animal communicator. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to communicate with animals on the earth plane. Mm -hmm. It was a terrible irony when I realized that the only animals I actually could communicate with were those who had died. Hmm. Now, however, I mean, that is sheer delight for me mm -hmm. because I love the animals. And these days, animals are not pets. Uh, they are family members mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. will come as family members and they will comment on what else is going on in the family. And pets and spirit may also bring to us pets that we need at this time. And uh, my my newest uh, pet, Kala, uh, I call her Corona Kala. I got her, well, I got her just before the pandemic broke here in the United States. And she was unadoptable in that she's totally unsocialized. Aww. So she wasn't letting anybody get within six feet of her. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I mean, this is apparently the perfect dog for this time. She's 1.8 pounds and will eat your face off. Oh my God, um, 1.8. Yeah. Pounds. Oh yeah. No, it's ridiculous. But you wouldn't know that when she is just a bundle of fury. <laughs> but we have really been training together mm -hmm. and we're going for walks together. And it's really interesting to see how the change has come with her. And I thought, my goodness, how interesting that she came to me at this place in time. When I was thinking, I, when I got her, I thought, I don't know if this is a dog that's meant for me because I'm out with people all the time. I have to have my other two dogs sit in people's laps and comfort them. This mm -hmm. dog, you know, really was just not that kind. I thought, what on earth? But the training of her, the working with her has really given me a focus and a joy during this time mm -hmm. that I couldn't have imagined. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, um, I I completely understand because we took in a kitten who, it turns out, I think he was taken from his, his litter at five weeks, which is way too early. Right. And he was a little shit. I almost didn't keep him because he was a biter and scratcher. Right. And just, he was a pain. The other cats didn't like him at all. And I just put the work in, you know, for some reason, I just, 
I just knew he was worth working with and, and saveable. And he, he was a lot of work, but now he's just so sweet and loving. And he loves to, when I put my hands out, he knows that means I'm going to pick him up and put him on my shoulder. And he, <laughs> you know, yes. and, and he, um, and, and he's just so lovable, but uh, it's sometimes it does, you got to put the work in. Well, and that's with anything. That's with mediumship as well. Mm -hmm. You know, um, mediums are born, but they are also made. Mm -hmm. So we are born with a talent, an innate talent, which may come down in families as well. But whatever we choose to do with that talent, how we choose to develop it is on us. So I've worked for a lot of years to be able to answer the questions that I answered in my latest book. Mm -hmm. They are the answers are from experiences with spirits. And that has come over time where I have been willing to work with the spirits and work with myself if I don't understand something. And I've been willing to stumble and try things even if you know, I thought maybe they won't work because this way I can now guide people to avoid some of the pitfalls, you know, that I discovered myself. Mm-hmm. Now, if, how would somebody, like say they're, they have this sense that maybe they have the ability to be a medium. What would be some maybe guideposts or signs that if they told you, you know, these certain things were, were happening and you'd say, you know, you really should pursue this? Well, that's a very broad question because many people who take my workshops do not go on to become professional mediums. Mm -hmm. Many take it thinking I want to connect with my own loved ones, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And then they discover in the course of the workshops, oh, wait a minute, I'm actually getting messages for other people in the group that are hopeful and helpful. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden it goes from being a work of self-service to being a work of service. And also, why not develop what is a natural ability that can help us be more attuned to our own guidance in life? Mm-hmm. You know, so people plug a GPS in their car or cars come with GPS. I remember years ago using like a Thomas guide to get around, which oh, seems yes. so rudimentary. <laughs> Well, right now we have the opportunity to have a spirit GPS in our lives. So why not learn to plug in? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what I've noticed in my workshops is many people who come and show up are empaths, people who feel things very deeply mm-hmm. and may have difficulty separating out what's my feeling, what someone else is feeling. So I find that in my workshops, I help people to manage their sensitivities, to learn to protect themselves, ground themselves, so that then they're, they're not overwhelmed by sensitivity, mm-hmm. but are able to use that to connect with spirits. So that's a very, you know, it's kind of a broad question. Now, as far as as pointing out mediums, you should be a medium or you are a medium. I remember I was doing a, uh, a large event and there was a young man in the audience. And I said to him in a message, um, you will soon be doing what I'm doing. And sure enough, 
he he did. He became a professional medium. And one of my students in the class noticed that as I was speaking, a golden figure separated itself from me and moved over and stood next to that young man. Hmm. And I have no doubt that one of the guides that I work with moved to work with that young man. So I realized, oh my goodness, the guides will work with me, will train and work with a medium, and then will also help other mediums. So there are different levels to developing your ability. Mm-hmm. Some will move on to be professional and some will move, will not. Um, it's kind of the difference between people who sing in the shower, but enjoy the heck out of it, <laughs> and other people who sing at Carnegie Hall. But within that huge spread, there is the opportunity to be connected and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good metaphor. You know, I was thinking when you were you were talking about, uh, you know, whether what you're feeling is is yours or or from someone else. For some reason. Throughout my life, I feel like I, I tune into a sadness that's not mine, and I've had to like ask, okay, so is this me, or am I picking up on what's going on um, outside of me? And and sometimes I'll get, well, it's ten percent you, but the rest is you're picking up on on others. And you know, I think that's good to know if you are picking up on others or if it's yours, because it makes a difference in how you handle it, whether you, it's well, especially now, I mm-hmm. mean, right now there for the first time in my lifetime, the entire world is suffering grief of some sort, right? Whether it's loss of a loved one, loss of a job, um, loss of what life used to be like loss is very present. Right. And so what I'm hearing from clients and students is that th- they'll be fine you know, cutting up peppers, you know, for dinner and all of a sudden start crying and not because the peppers are spicy, mm-hmm. you know, and not because they're cutting up onions, mm-hmm. but because this huge wave of grief will hit them or pain. So uh, one of the things that I work with people with is how to build up the energy around themselves so that They know what is them, what is not them, Mm -hmm. that things are not hitting them right in their heart area, in, you know, where their empathy lies. But I've got to say, in this moment in time, even for someone like me who has worked very hard at this, Mm -hmm. I mean, last night I was about to take Kala out for a walk and all of a sudden I thought, I feel like I'm going to cry. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was, I thought, holy cow. And I stood in that moment, built up the energy around me, grounded myself and said to the spirits who work with me, let's raise this frequency that this grief may be transformed, that there could be a healing on this planet. And that all those who are suffering right now may be comforted. Mm -hmm. And so moving from this overwhelming grief, moving it out from my physical body, 
and letting it go, but asking that the spirits help transform it and also that I be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. It did transform it. Kala mm-hmm. and I never went out for that <laughs> that walk, however, you know, because I, I did get sidetracked. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we all have that ability to give the spirits a place here on the earth plane so that change, transformation, and release of pain can occur. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a beautiful way to handle that. I, I really like what you did because, you know, if you ascribe to that we are all one, that we are all connected, even if your life is, you know, basically okay during this time, you're going to feel, I mean, it's so overwhelming the number of people who are in distress, who are in pain. And it's, you know, you're going to feel that probably. Yes. Well, one of the things I've learned with working with the spirits is that there's the family network, the friends and family network. Now, Sprint <laughs> came up with that, but I, but you know, I think that is brilliant. And mm-hmm. this isn't just marketing. The friends and family in our network are connected with other networks. We are indeed networked together. And so pain and joy will travel on the same lines. And so the more that we can shift what we are putting out, the more that can ripple along these lines of network and affect everybody. So what I would say to any listener who feels like they can't do anything for anyone else Mm -hmm. or they're disabled in some way and can't physically get out into the world and make a difference, or maybe uh, they, they feel vulnerable in some way and maybe can't jump out and be a first responder. It doesn't matter what your circumstance is. You can have a profound effect on the world by shifting the energy within yourself and inviting the spirits to really help and be helpful components here on this earth plane. Mm -hmm. Well said, well said. Gee, to me, that sounds like a wonderful way to end our conversation. (laughs) Well, you know, I can keep talking forever for spirits, but I just would love to leave people on a note of encouragement. Mm -hmm. We are not victims here we can really change everything. And I think that's important to remember because it's even, even sometimes I find myself slipping into victim mode and I, I know I'm not a victim. You know, I'm, I'm quite, quite clear on that, that we are not victims, but you know, sometimes it's, sometimes you just kind of slip into that. Hollister, how can people, First of all, get your book. It, it is available now, I believe, right? Yes. Okay. Um, it was published on the 5th, okay. May 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are supporting a local bookstore, you could always order it through there. Mm-hmm. Of course, all my book signings and book events have been canceled or moved online. But you can also order from Amazon.com, Barnes mm-hmm. & Noble, Target.com, and Walmart. Mm-hmm. So they are all distributing the book. Great. And uh, you can visit me online mm-hmm. at HollisterRand.com. That's H-O-L-L-I-S-T-E-R-R-A-N-D.com. Okay. I'm also on 
Facebook and I'm doing Facebook live events, which are always fun. I'm doing some free events online. You buy the book, you get a ticket to an online event. Um, I do private sessions, uh, small groups, family circles. All of this is online. I'm a working accessible medium. I'm not living in some ivory tower. Um, <laughs> although I am, I am on a second story right now uh, in a building, but uh, we can be connected during this time. Awesome. So probably going to your website then, hollisterrand.com is the best way to connect with you for a session, a private session or your classes or... Yeah, my classes, people can get more information about that. Sign up for my free email newsletter. Yeah, the the website hollisterrand.com is the portal to everything else. Awesome. Great. Okay. Well, this has been really fun. I've en- I've enjoyed it and I have certainly learned some great things. I got your book kind of late to uh to actually you know, be able to read it before our conversation, but I was able to skim it and now I'm going to read it. Although I like Audible. Do you, which, which, which do you prefer, uh, your Audible version or your Well, your you know what? People should look at the reviews because somebody did the Audible version on Amazon and, you know, talked about it very, you know, like they loved it. So, um, I think if people like, if you like the sound of my voice, I guess that's, <laughs> that's probably the deciding factor. You know, if, if my voice sounds comforting to you, or if it's something you think you could listen to, you know, get the audible book. Otherwise, you know, if you want a book that you can flip around in, then perhaps an actual hard copy of the book might mm-hmm. be the way to go. Mm-hmm. So it depends on preferences. So take a look at the reviews on Amazon. It might give you a clue sure. as to which might be best for you. I like Audible books, and I especially like it when the author is the reader, the narrator. I- well, that's what Simon & Schuster told me, that you know people will love it because you're the one reading it. I went, okay, I'll do it. Right, and you, you know where certain inflection should go and and you know because you're you're the one who wrote it well i yes i would say yes i wrote it but there was a spirit component mm, to sure. it because mm-hmm. i do have to say i was surprised at some of the things i was reading you know i would read it and go oh i don't remember writing that. <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> oh that's great well hollister this has been a lot of fun and hopefully comforting for many people And I I certainly appreciate who you are and what you do. And and thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing with our listeners. Well, thank you for having me here today. Oh, you're very welcome. You take care. You too. Bye. Bye. Hollister, I appreciate your joining me for this fun and comforting conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Remember, yes, remember everyone, the podcast website is realjanine.com. And Janine, once again, is J-A-N-E-A-N. To subscribe to Keeping It Real with Janine, go to your favorite podcast provider. And if you prefer using YouTube, I have video slideshows of all my conversations. Just search on Keeping It Real with Janine and you'll find it. Do you know someone who would enjoy this conversation with Hollister Rand? I would think anyone who has lost a loved one would benefit, and I'm sure we all have. Please share the love with your friends and family. That will help out Hollister and help out the podcast. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Take care and be well. Be well.